All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're back for another Boca Podcast episode. And uh, I'm really excited about this one today. Give me about 90 seconds and I'm going to introduce return guests, some really important return guests actually to the Boca Podcast. We'll get to that here in just a second. But um, want to remind those of you that are listening to the audio version of this episode, we are actually live streaming. And pretty much all of our episodes at this point, we are live streaming to Facebook and YouTube. If you go to facebook.com slash Boca Podcast, B-O-K-E-H Podcast, you can watch the replay of today's show and also keep up with the upcoming shows. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Boca Podcast as well so you can find out when the next live stream is going to be. We're going to try to do two or three of them a week. Look out for those and come join us. Hang out with us. For those of you that are watching or listening live today, comment, ask questions, uh, send us funny emojis if you want to try to make us laugh. It's, it's going to be a really fun show and you'll see why here in just a second. Just one other note that I want to make very quickly and something that we are doing on an ongoing basis now. I promised everyone that before every episode, I was going to donate to an organization called Charity Water. We had a guest on our podcast a little while back. I'm going to pop up his picture on the screen here, Sean Lee. Sean came on the show and really inspired us to look for opportunity to give to local community. But ultimately, Sean's all about giving back. And that really pushed me. I wanted to do more than I already was. Photographers Edit, myself, have both been involved with CharityWater.org in the past. But on an ongoing basis now, before every show, I'm just donating $40 to Charity Water in addition to what I'm already donating personally and what we push on from our company. And that is enough to give somebody clean drinking water. So I want to encourage, and I just popped that up there, the receipt from today up on screen. I want to encourage everybody to look for opportunities to give to a local organization, to an international organization, look for ways to give back. And even that small amount can make a really big difference. And I want to encourage you with that today. All right, enough of me rambling. I am going to introduce you today to our return guests. Some pretty incredible return guests are here with me. D and Chris from D and Chris Photography are here. Hey guys, and we're already laughing. We this is a- out <laughs> we haven't been out allowed allowed out in like a year and a half, so this is exciting this is for us. Funny. Oh no, this is super super fun. Now, I so anybody that that is watching, listening that does not know, D and Chris, um, I was lucky enough to have them on the show episode number one back in yes. August of 2016. It was crazy, almost five years ago. When you guys joined us and I, I reached out to you and was like, hey, I'm trying, you know, this, we got this project launching. It's kind of experimental in nature. Would you be willing to come do the show with me? And you were super, super gracious and trusting and we're willing to do that. And I have to tell you guys, we haven't even talked about this, but that was five years ago. And I wish I could kind of compile all the messages that I've gotten from photographers about the impact the show has made on their life. And you guys literally started that. Helped me start that project to kick it off. And uh, it was a really fun episode. We're going to make sure to link to that that episode in the show notes. I'm pointing down like everybody can see. In the show notes at uh, bocapodcast.com. Make sure to check out that episode. Wow. I mean, this is a loaded question. And we're going to get into it in more kind of a deep fashion. But how are you guys? How have you guys been since five years ago? We've talked to each other since then, maybe a little bit. But... (laughs) How much has changed since then? A lot. A lot. We quit our day jobs. We opened up a studio. We hired staff. um, Went like all the way full time. Launched another business. So kids are growing up and yeah, a lot. Okay. So how old are your kids now? 
I keep saying nine and eleven, and they aren't. <laughs> They're eleven and thirteen. I just Everybody asks me that. I'm like, oh, nine and eleven. No, my kids aren't nine and eleven, yeah. and I don't remember their birthdays half the time. Either, so I'm great. I'm doing great. Yeah. I remember, so it's fine. Yeah, he's yeah. D, he's all over it. Okay, so I have to, and, and speaking of D, I one of one of the most fun elements of the conversation that we had five years ago, uh, we talked about D and his preference for modifying minivans. Am I getting that right, D? Yes. Am I summing that That's up correctly? Correct. Okay. So yeah. we have to go back to that for just a second. Um, I have a kind of an obsessive hobby myself with motorcycles. Over the last actually five years or so, I've had I think eight or nine motorcycles since I've gotten into it, and um, I get kind of laughed at for that. Maybe you could sum up how many vehicles you project vehicles, shall we say, that you've had in the last five years? Oh, oh wait, five years? Oh, that's how crazy. about we just do the last COVID, like through COVID? Since how many, COVID, how many, yeah. since COVID, so three, three since COVID, three since COVID to keep me busy. Okay, so give give like the ninety second summary of what this means because for anybody who hasn't listened to the first episode yet, they're going to be like, "What in the world, minivans? Like, what what is the obsession yeah, with minivans? What do you do with them?" Swagger van. So it was a swagger van. So. Christina showed me this Toyota commercial some years back, and it was called uh, Swagger Wagon. Uh, it was a Toyota commercial. Okay. And it was a mom and dad, and they were rapping about it. And she's like, this would be awesome. So then I was like, okay, perfect. So I got a minivan. <laughs> she got me personalized plates. That says dad swag. That says dad swag. And I modified it. Okay. And just we just had a blast. By modifying it means he dropped it, put put rims on it, and he had an Instagram that people were hashtag dad swag anytime <laughs> they saw us. Yeah. yeah, it was bad. Okay, yeah. so then that was the first one. A, a van group. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. was the first one. Okay. Um then there was projects after that, but then I'll just jump ahead, you know, five years. And so since COVID, I've had three. I'm on my third project and my final. So I'm I'm done. Whoa. Three project cars. Yeah, yeah. Last okay, one. so Christina's excited about this, but this is a big yeah. deal. Final project. What? So yeah, are you going to keep this project or are you going to sell this one as well? Yep. I'm going to keep this one. I'm going to drive it to the wheels fall off. It's an Audi something. Yeah, it's an Audi all-road. It's in the older style, 2015. <laughs> I love it. I love so. Christina's comment is an Audi something. We can tell you're really into this, Christina. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, you know, something. <laughs> it, it, it drives. It has wheels. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Okay, so but like, what kind of things will you do to this Audi? What will make it unique? Um, he will do, or he did. Where were you oh. at this morning? Why couldn't we do this this at twelve, D? Because I had an appointment. I had to go take the car in to get tuned. And, and tuned. Also, now it's got a new front end. Like he didn't think that I, I didn't know see it. the yeah. front end. The car is stock. You look at it; it's stock. It's not stock. It is stock. Well, the front, the body lines are stock. Let's okay. just put it that way. So okay. There's no body kit or anything like that. It. That's how Audi makes it. She doesn't. She doesn't need it. It's pretty. It's so the, the all road comes with you know the extended fenders and sure. a little bit different than the A4 design. So it's a little bit different. It's because it's uh, kind of their off road version. Okay. But it's 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 cute. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, it drives. It's cute. I, but D, are you driving it most of the time, or is this like a shared vehicle? No, no. she has her own vehicle. Oh, okay. She all right. MDX, yeah. so. <laughs> no, she doesn't drive my cars. No. All right. She's fair like, enough. It's too low. It's too bumpy. It's too it's low. Too I can't get in and out. I was like, oh Too big. I was like, how old are you? This is crazy. <laughs> I've, I've been through enough motorcycles at this point. I was telling my girlfriend the other day, like if, if I had taken all the money that I'd put into all these different bikes that I've, that I've bought and wanted to experiment, try this thing, <laughs> that thing, and even just like st- stuck with a fraction of that, that cost and put it into just one of the bikes that I bought early on, I would not only have an incredible bike, 
but I would have saved a lot of money too. But it's so yeah, much fun know, though. You can't help it. It's an it, right? addiction. It's, or it's, it's, it's not a hobby. an addiction. It's, it's a hobby. hobby. So it's just like somebody drinks coffee, somebody knits. This is just our hobby to keep us sane. <laughs> so it keeps me sane. I've been doing it since I was in So my college. coffee yeah, is right. right there with your cart? Yes. Yeah. Phone in if you disagree. Because <laughs> yeah. you modify your coffee, right? Yeah, you right? modify my coffee. <laughs> so you like you get a little cup holder, and I, you know, you get a cup holder for your. I get a cup holder for my coffee. Hey, that's a fair argument, though, because let's. I mean, like a baseline cost of a baseline oh. cup of coffee is like what eighty cents, and we pay like yeah. five bucks for it every single time. Exactly. I, D, I think we can. I, I think we can use I feel this math. Like your yeah. girlfriend needs to join us on this podcast because I really <laughs> we should do think, a whole nother car. I really car, think yeah, that, that a whole okay. nother car podcast <laughs> with car enthusiasts <laughs> with their wives, and then you know it's like counseling. So we just. <laughs> you know, we just all like cry together you know, like stuff. a fair and balanced perspective yeah that i know i get that yeah. okay well it, it, just again for further context for everybody listening or watching make sure you go to bocapodcast.com and the show notes will link to episode one or you can just search it on your favorite podcast player you'll get a little bit more co- context to that conversation now since you guys joined the episode or the, the podcast in that first episode We've kind of switched it. We've experimented with different formats and we've landed on something. And one of the things that we do now regularly is ask a series of questions. I mentioned this to you all before we started. And so I want to ask these and and feel free either of you to take an answer to the question or each question. The first one I want to ask you about is brand position, specifically your photography business right now in your marketplace. What would you say your brand position is? What's the unique value proposition your business offers to the market? I mean, we're definitely known as wedding photographers. Um, just in, in regards to branding, we're, we're really trying to, to go almost even a different direction um, in the market. But right now, we're, we're very much known as um, wedding photographers. Um, we're definitely older in the market. And, and D and I tend to be both very type A. And even though we're creatives, um, we both have a medical background. Mm. Um, and so uh, I, I think that's very unique in the sense that a lot of the people, like I had two booking meetings today, both of them were doctors. And, um, they, I think people that gravitate that are a little bit more type a like us because they like the structure Mm. so that they can have a glass of wine and know everything's going to happen. They, they can be emotionally selfish. So we really try to promote the, um, the freedom to be emotionally selfish on your wedding day. Oh, I I don't literally, I've never heard it frame a business frame that way before. I like that a lot. So I'm going to actually pull up your, um, your website here. And for everybody who's curious, if you just go to D and Chris photography.com, D E E and Chris K R I S photography.com. And I'm looking here, solidify emotions in a way that can be experienced by future generations to come. We're scrolling down weddings and couples and then family and lifestyle headshots and branding and then the abundant photographer, which we're going to talk a little bit more about later on. Would you say at this point though, that weddings are kind of the main focus? So weddings are feeding themselves. Yeah. We've, we've structured our marketing to the point where we get probably two to 300 leads a year, um, if not more than that. My word. So we're not having to do much. Um, I, you always have to work in regards to marketing. So don't, we're not lazy. Right, right. Um, but we have it. <laughs> Thanks we for the clarification. <laughs> I, know, I don't want to say yeah. like, oh, we're just, you know. No, There's just side thing coming out. It's, yeah, it's just a lot. You know what it is, is we've established workflows that mm. automate the marketing in that. And they're so clean mm-hmm. and refined that I don't have to necessarily work at it. It's automated, but it's still doing the marketing yeah. component for us. So Christina and our office manager done a great job just streamlining everything. And it's just... Okay. You know, it's, I was literally having a conversation just today, a couple hours ago with one of my business partners 
And it's funny, I, I own a company, Photographer's Edit, that's all about delegation, right? You're delegating editing right. to somebody else. Love it, by the way. Oh, thank you, guys. That that means a lot, seriously. But I, it, I'm, it's funny, and it's ironic, and I guess maybe a little bit sad that I'm still learning how to better delegate myself. Um, and, and we have a whole new dynamic now that my girlfriend's also working for our company now. And we were just having a conversation about this today, too. I'm like, I'm still adjusting to this idea that I'm handing something to you and asking you to do it for me. Uh, but this yeah. process of delegation, what my business partner was reminding me of today was the importance of that. And I won't get into a lot of the details, but he just reminded me that I need to stop, basically stop trying to do so much myself and look for opportunities to bring more people on our team to be able to delegate to. And it's not about giving some, handing something off and then not doing work, at least not from my perspective. It's being able to hand something up so I can focus on the thing that I need to or that I'm best at or that best fulfills my role, that's super important. So I love that you guys have a great assistant on board that can free you up to focus on the things that you're great at. Right. And, and I have to say the business wouldn't be where it is today if it wasn't for Christina. So when I was doing it by myself and I had an assistant shooting and then I'm doing the marketing, the meetings, the, the albums, the printing. So yeah. all that stuff I was doing by myself. And I don't know how um, today's photographer is able to do it by themselves. Mm. I mean, without the help, it's a little bit harder. You can't scale the way you need yeah. to. You, you, you can't, can't push scale. yourself to that next level if you're yeah. just bogged down with just all work. I th- that's it, man. And we could literally do a whole podcast episode just on that very word scale, the mm-hmm. significance of scaling a business. Um, I'm, there's a book, I'm trying to think of it right offhand. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out here in just a second. But it talks about, oh, it's the E-Myth, the E-Myth Revisited that talks about the significance of building a business to scale. And I think it really is important. I think a lot of, a lot of sole proprietors many times kind of lose sight of the significance of that concept because they just kind of think about their own little business in their world and just booking a few, you know, the next job and trying to make ends meet. Yeah. And they're not thinking as big a picture, but there again comes the value of delegation and that it frees you up to even have the space to think about those things. It really makes a big difference. I have to ask you one question and I'll keep going. Um, You talked about both being type A's. How does that work in the context of business and and your relationship for that matter? Two type A's, there could be some conflict there. Christina. <laughs> so we we have defined roles. Yeah. So we don't overstep what those roles are. And so that's how we keep our relationship sane and mm. safe and happy and fun. And then we always flip. So that's always a good. I but, was going to say yeah. our biggest, um, something I do at weddings, uh, I'm big into like women empowerment. I have every woman go around. We do champagne toast. And I say, I would like you to put, I'd like every girl to say, every woman here to say one word that you can infuse into the bride's life personality like who she is as a human you know Mm -hmm. and I always finish that with I'm going to give you my word and that's to flirt and Mm. um grab his butt don't care about the little things you know (laughs) just be silly we've been married for 16 years you know we've been together for 18 years we've been in business together for 14 years like just I think having grace for one another and and um and saying thank you a lot like acknowledging gosh you just did a great job thank you so much for that I really appreciate that that matters as a, a great uh relative of ours would say, you got to give him a data boy. You got to give him an attaboy. <laughs> yeah. Lots of attaboys. But yeah. you know, I, what I love about this, a number of things actually, cause I'm, I'm very much a romantic at heart and, and I don't care how long I've been in a relationship. I, I, I want to still have that sense of flirtation and the little Always. compliments and, and just the right. excitement that comes with that. Right. But I remember that we had this conversation five years ago. And I know you guys have been in it for a while and you've worked through you know, the, the difficulties that come with a relationship and you're figuring out what works. But I just have a lot of respect for the fact that that theme is still consistent, that you still like to flirt, that you still like to keep that, that excitement alive in the relationship. And that's, that's super inspiring and encouraging. I really love it. Yeah. We work, our marriage is number one. 
Hmm. So we work, the, the business, if it, if it gets in the way of our marriage, then we'll do something else. Yeah. We both have professional degrees. So um, if this has to be number one. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. All right. Well, yet another whole episode that we could spend on that. <laughs> maybe if we have the opportunity, maybe we won't wait five years the next time before doing another episode. Yeah, that would be yeah, nice. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, okay. So I, I got to keep going because we have so much to talk about. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about customer experience. And I'll have the little caveat here that, you know, whether it's you guys or anybody listening and they might think, well, this is kind of a cliche question. Of course, we, we, we want to focus on customer experience. But what I've found over the years is despite all the technology that we have that enables us now to run a business at least more efficiently and much easier in some ways, and the platforms that we have to leverage for the sake of so-called relationships, for the sake of building our business, at the end of the day, customer experience, even over so-called quality of imagery or editing style or any of these things really trumps most everything else when it comes to being able to grow a business. What's the big idea that drives the customer experience that, that really has enabled you all to continue to grow the way that you have? Yeah, we, Dean and I were talking about this before the podcast today. Um, and I kind of take the, uh, the, the mindset of people need to be seen and heard and validated and they want, they need to be acknowledged about what they don't, they don't, you, we assume that people understand. And so they need ways, um, to know that they're being acknowledged and, um, that's critical. I think, uh, there's a lot of great photographers out there, um, better than us and that are fantastic. Um, and, and it's easy to find a photographer that will shoot beautiful pictures. Mm. Um, but is that person being seen and acknowledged and, and, um, and their concerns are being, um, addressed. And I mm-hmm. think that's what it comes down to. Like I said, I had two booking meetings via zoom today and I build a, an entire timeline for them. I structure, I'd say, we're going to scaffold your day. So that way we can answer questions you didn't even know you had. We have a lot of um, resources. You know, have you gotten your DJ? Have you gotten your hair and makeup? Can I send you some people that I trust? Oh my gosh, yeah. thank you. So we're becoming a resource for them so that mm. they can gain trust. Mm-hmm. And one thing I always say is, um, if you don't like me, don't hire me. And I think there's a level of honesty that people really appreciate. Like my personality, I'm going to be inappropriate. And like, if that bothers <laughs> you, and I'm a lot, like, yeah, and, and, yeah, I'm a lot. Yeah. And if, the, if you don't like that, that's I love totally that he's just like, yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we he loves it. me though. Yeah. He oh, lets I love me sparkle. Yeah. He lets me sparkle. Because right, you want to make sure you're yeah. a good match with your clients, and we mm. tell them that it's like if we're not yeah. a good match, please it's don't a, hire it's us. A, if you don't like my personality, because yeah. it's genuine, and and yeah. I would like to be your best friend on your wedding, and I want to be that advocate for you, and mm. tell me about your family, and maybe some of those concerns that you have, so that I can help. Okay, mom, how about you come over here? And they feel like, gosh, I've got somebody who's really looking at not just talking about my photography and how good our pictures are, but I'm talking about them as human beings and personal connections. And then on the back end, giving them an experience, we do reveals at the studio with taco, beer, and champagne um, for the full reveal. And so really starting with a bang and ending with a bang, I think it's really critical for the client experience. Did I hear you right? Did you say tacos, beer, and champagne? Yeah, we'd what be a combo! Like that. Yeah. yeah, and wow. also soda for those who do not drink. So we just make sure that you know it's just enough for you. Can you trust you somebody know. who doesn't drink? We send them off. Like, you may walk. <laughs> Go have oh. fun. You've been, released. but you know, you make a point though, Christina. That's interesting. Which is there are like there are always a there's always going to be a better photographer than us. I mean, I think back to oh, yes. to my career always. as a photographer, and I was never a great photographer, but that's not what built the business at the end of the day. And no, so it's, it's important to be able to set aside our ego in that regard and, and then look at what actually makes what translates to a better experience. And the story I always Absolutely. bring up, but I'm sure you all experience this as well is 
the endless number of clients or friends or family of our clients who would come up to us, you know, halfway through the wedding day, they've not seen one picture and they're talking about how incredible we are as photographers. Yeah. And that, that speaks for itself. And I think it, it, it's a great reminder for all of us too, is, is to the significance of that experience that we're creating. The photography is important, but it only plays a, a percentage of the role and continuing to build right. our business. So uh, when David, they come up and they say, can I friend you on Facebook? Can I friend you on Instagram? I love you. I want to be friends with you. Can we go out to drinks? You know, you did yeah. your job. Right? You, you're like score. Yeah. 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 That totally yeah, makes sense. Yeah. David, apparently David green thinks that tacos and beer is a good combo as well. He, he says mm, tacos <laughs> yes. and beer. <laughs> it's gotta be a good taco. California place. right gotta there. Be a good taco wow. Place. We and, only, and we only get street tacos Splurge for the good stuff. stuff. Yeah. Oh, that is the best. That is the best. My, my girlfriend, and I still talk about these street tacos that we had. We went down to Panama city and there was this family who were selling tacos just on a street late at night. And yeah. they, they came up to us and they were like, hey, you guys, we've got these. We want to try them. And of course, there's a little bit of like apprehension. Like, what, what are we getting ourselves into? Best yeah. tacos yeah. ever. Amazing. The amazing. bigger the risk, so, the better the taste. You know, oh, even, just to yeah. touch on that. Yeah. yeah. Just to touch on that. Um, I second shot with uh, Trevor Daly. Yeah. A few years back, and we're up in Napa, and we're coming back from a wedding. Yeah. Sure enough, he was like, look, a taco truck. And I was like, dude, come on. <laughs> you know, it's like 11 o'clock. I was like, eh. He's like, it'll be great, D. It'll be great. And best it was ever. best taco ever. The best, so Thank yeah. you, Trevor. <laughs> wow. Shout out to Trevor. And then David, who just popped up, yeah. um, that comment on the screen. And, and, of course, you all. And, I mean, there's so many photographers who've been in the industry long enough now. It's really fun to reconnect with old friends. So thanks for the comment, yeah. David. And, by the way, for everybody listening watching, again, don't hesitate. Comment. Uh, ask questions as we really get into things today, because um, that is one of the benefits of doing these lives to be able to actually engage. Let me keep going. Talk to me yes. about time management, your type A personalities. How do you manage time with, for, for the sake of each other? And you've already talked about the importance of that. Balance time with family and business. Is there a particular principle that drives your effort in that regard? Um, so I'm an all or nothing kind of a person. And I'll be mm. honest, I, I recognize that um, during COVID. Um, I had a lot of blinding flash of the obvious kind of things um, where like, if I want to lose weight, I've got to like lose a hundred pounds or if I want to like go into business, I mean, and I do like I'll, I'll self-sabotage and we'll, we'll even self-sabotage with the family and stuff. So we've had, I would say <laughs> the last, we have like all work. <laughs> no, seriously, where I'm going, we need to build another business. That's going to be a million dollars. We're going to do this yeah. and, and just go with these like deep ends. Right. Cause you always got to think ahead. You got to always, always think ahead. but it's like, it's like an obsessive, weird, yeah. not healthy thing. And so I would say the last three years we have gotten where we have to be incredibly intentional in everything we do. So if we're going to be on a vacation, he, he will allow me to work because I enjoy working. I enjoy doing business stuff. Um, but it's like, okay, Chris, we're going to work, but from this time to this time, and then you're going to put everything away and you're not going to answer emails and you're not going to put it and we're going to like go scuba diving. I'm like, okay. It's not a bad (laughs) Um, trade off. It's not right. a bad trade-off. Well, it's and you needed the cars. Funny. You needed yeah. the cars. He told me we yeah. had some pretty massive meltdowns during COVID and anxiety and obviously no debt. Mm. Um, and he said, I need, I'm, go, I'm going stir crazy. I'm going crazy. I, I can't, I, there's, we can't work and I normally work and all the stuff that I, I don't do, you know, is, is shut down. You can work, but that's because you do another side of the business. Mm. I need something. And so yours was cars. Mine was, I did paint by numbers. Oh my gosh! Really? And wine? Oh, I have and wine. So much oh, art. there you go. I mean, the combo. We call it the COVID. We call it the COVID, the COVID collection. collection. Yeah. I have so <laughs> many. Like, I have so much art that yeah. I created. Even that project behind us. And that's, was... I made that like as much as I could to create. We needed to be intentional in our actions yeah. so that we had good um, mental sanity and our kids um, 
yeah. have complained over the years saying they never see us or we're too busy. So mm. yeah. we had some coming to God moments. And mm. so, I mean, our whole restructure, you know, cause you think okay. you're going that straight path. And all of a sudden when your kids talk to you, you're like, Oh, okay. Oh, so yeah. That's real life. Yeah. I thought I was going this way, but apparently I thought we were doing good, yeah. but you have to find that balance. Yeah. And so we're intentional. We're very honest with each other Yeah, and the kids are honest with us. And we get, we ask for their input on some things. Yeah. So, yeah. It kind of puts it into perspective when you get, you know, your little ones tell you things and you're just like, okay, I, I get it. I get it. No, I a hundred percent. So my, mine aren't super little anymore. My, my daughter is 16, but she's five eleven, I think now. And, and then my son is, is a, he's about six foot. He's a 19 year old freshman or sophomore in college. But I was just yeah. having a conversation to your yeah. point D with, with my daughter the other day that, um, I won't get into in detail, but got pretty emotional and you know there i've tried to encourage conversation with my kids over the years asking them direct questions and and re-emphasizing over and over again that i'm here i want to keep an open line of communication super important especially as a a single dad and and they're with me most of the time and really wanting to be proactive in our relationship but even the last month or two i've come to face the reality which was that i needed to make some improvements in the way that i was parenting and and then yeah. that led to a conversation with my daughter the other day that really kind of opened my eyes. And it was, it was a willingness to, to ask the questions, as you're saying, that led to that. And it's, it's super important and, and a good reminder for me and for all of us. So I'm glad that you bring that up. We really yeah. do need to have this honest, honest conversations with our partners, yeah. with our friends, with our family, and, and be willing to, to keep an open ear and mind in that. It's, it's yeah. so good. Never assume. Just never assume. Just yeah. Always, oh, you know. yeah. Ask a little bit and then just wait and wait for them to respond to you. And mm. then once they do, just listen. That's all you can do just to kind of keep that communication over. You don't want to shut it down. Yeah. I, yes. Wow. I, again, we've like, we've hit like five different topics already. We could do whole episodes on because <laughs> even just that topic of assumption is so loaded and, and our personal lives and business and culture and, oh, it, yeah, I, I'll leave it alone for, for the time being anyway. Maybe we'll come back to that in a little yeah. bit. So just we, remember, we're not the greatest parents. We're still learning. Oh, but, you know, I, I, like I'll be on that club. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree. No, but but that's the key. And and you know, I was encouraged. I was watching. Uh, have you ever seen the movie The Equalizer with Denzel Washington? Uh, with Denzel Washington, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's kind of a niche movie, and, and not super super popular, but it's one that I've enjoyed. And and I started watching it again. And there was a, there was a quote in that very simply that was progress, not perfection. And mm. it was just a good reminder yeah. because I, I tend to, I'm very much like Christina, I'm all or nothing and I'm really hard on myself, but I, I'm hard on myself largely because I want to be better. I want to continue to be better, but yeah. the yeah. progress, not perfection was a good reminder. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. So as long we, as your we, partner understands. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll leave that alone for right now. Talk to me about um, delegation and we, we kind of touched on this already, delegation, the concept of, I hate to use the word outsourcing anymore because it almost feels like a dated term and, and it, I don't think it's specific enough. Um, delegation covers, or maybe actually maybe it's not general enough. Delegation to me covers the, the concept in general of handing a task or a series of tasks over to somebody else to carry out. And of course, we talk quite a bit about editing here because of photographers edit, but are there other elements of your business that you all have experimented with delegating that you found a lot of success yeah. in? So I, I realized I had a hard time, and this is not like coming at you, Nathan, but like I realized I, I had a hard time delegating because of my ego. So I yeah. felt like I was the only one who could do it right, and anybody yeah. else who did it um, wouldn't do it to my expectations. And I sure. uh, I had like a coach or somebody that was like, you realize that's your ego, right? And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, 
Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. don't tell me that. Um, and then I, I really thought about it and went, Oh, maybe like, maybe our, our employees have something to offer that is better than what I think. Right. Yeah. Um, and why are we not utilizing that? So, you know, we do have, and by the way, I'm nodding because yeah. I can relate as well. I just want you to think I'm yeah. like, yeah, Christina, you got a lot to work on. <laughs> no, I like, I can totally relate uh, as well. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I, I'm, I'm fortunate to come from my, um, my father uh, is a superintendent of schools and was my high school principal mm-hmm. and our pastor. <laughs> so I was mm-hmm. PK squared like times whatever. Um, but I saw him lead uh, an entire mm. school district and he always taught me that um, everybody is equally as important. So the janitor is as important as, as the superintendent is as important as the teacher is as important as whomever, you know, the lawn guy. And he goes, because we can't function without each other and they're going to be specialties in their craft. So if you have me go out and try to do what they do, it's not going to be done as well. So empower the people that work with around you mm. Um and, and if they're struggling, that usually is your management and your leadership. So where can you be better? And so I think with that, um, we've created like very, we have an entire studio handbook. And when I, when we have somebody that comes and works for us, cause we have a few employees, um, when I say, when I train you, I'm going to train you. I want you to take notes. Then I'm going to watch you do it. You follow your notes and then you need to make a video for it so that you can train the next person that comes after you I if you decide that. to move up within our company yeah. so I don't have to do it again and again. Mm-hmm. And then I said, if you have any ways to make it better after maybe a month of doing it, please come. We're going to meet again and then let's make it better. And then we leave this very open-ended area for growth. And, and what it has done in our team has been astronomical because they're coming up with ideas and sales and concepts that I, if I would have just made it all about me, mm. uh, we wouldn't be where we are. Yeah, That's We're awesome. Like a business. Yeah. What was the, so in that process, because it's something, again, I can very much relate to even right now, continue, I guess you could call it growing pain. So it's exciting, but as our company is growing and we're looking at other opportunities, I don't have a choice. As I was saying earlier in my conversation with my business partner today, I don't, I don't have a choice but to delegate even more than I already do, but I want to do it better. I want to do it, mm-hmm. number one, and, and I'm so glad you brought this up, actually, Christina, because actually another conversation with my girlfriend not too long ago, as she started with our company, she was talking about how, you know, there's this conversation when we talk about creating freedom for ourselves and then just kind of going out and, you know, we post the pictures on the beach and traveling and doing all these things. Right. But then what about the people on the other side of that conversation who are making that possible, right? The team that helps support us and enables us to have some of that freedom and flexibility, the significance of team. And I mean, as much as I guess, conceptually, I realized that the way that she presented that, it was a really good reminder. And so I, I want to continue to build my team up. I want to build my team, but I want to build my team yeah. up, enable them and figure out how I can best serve them, help them. To that end, yeah. I'm curious what you've learned about how communication plays or specifically about communication in that process, because it's, it's something that I'm still trying to work at. And for our listeners, photographers who are maybe delegating or outsourcing something for the very first time, whatever that might be, editing, album design, email, whatever it might be, what are a couple of key principles that you think are important in the process of communication? Never assume, Hmm. never assume, never assume, um, write it down, um, so that it's very clear and, um, direct. Sometimes I think as owners, uh, when I talk to a lot of owners is we're, we're kind of thinking big. Um, but when you hire tasks out, they have to be very uh, refined and you can't say, just go and design an album. What does that mean? And what are, what are your guidelines? What are your expectations? Cause they can't reach in your mind. And as an owner, 
I don't even know. I can't even refine a lot of the crap that's up here. So <laughs> right. don't assume. Write it down. Um, at, for every time you give a negative feedback, find three ways to be positive. Yeah. Mm. So anytime you say, like, hey, this isn't done right, you need to back it up with three ways and three things that they are doing correct. And so yeah. when you say you're doing a bad job, that's also very abstract. So be very mm. refined and mm-hmm. defined. So mm-hmm. if I say you're doing a bad job and they're like, okay, instead of saying, Hey, just so you know that the, the deadline is, has been two weeks late consistently. Um, how can I, how can I structure this so that you're more successful? Yeah. Um, what am I doing that's impeding your ability to meet this deadline? Um, and then also I think just being very open to criticism from yeah. your employees. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so I always start any meeting with, so open top, I want to talk about three things you've done, right? Three things maybe I've done, right? And then, um, two areas that you and I can work on what, as a boss, what do I need? How can I be better for mm. you? Cause our employees have no fear telling us, telling us how it is. And we, and we appreciate it in that. a very respectful way. Cause we're normal. We're, we're human. And so we have flaws and we know it and, and we want it to work and we want it to work. I mean, and, and we, we want to grow yeah. them as humans right. and because they're, they're building our, and now they fight and work for us. It's amazing. Mm. And, and they call them their clients too. There's ownership. Yeah. And that would be my last thing is making sure your team has ownership in your business, because if they have ownership in your business, um, on a, even on an emotional level, they're going to fight for your business. If they feel like they're disposable, um, or you're not looking for their interest in growing as a human being and as a person, um, then what's the point? Yeah. That's gold. Wow. The beginning. And it's just awesome. Yeah. yeah. In that process of, because I know as photographers, one of the biggest struggles when we're delegating something, you're talking about that, that sense of the way I do it is the best. So the notion that I am going to let somebody else make a decision about how to do something, what in the world? There's no way I would do that. Right. And that's the ego talking. Where do you feel like the balance is between, being open-minded to somebody else's take on something and then drawing a hard line for the sake of creating a brand that has some type of specific ideal. Um, I think understanding, uh, as a whole, we're here to serve our clients. And as we, if we can go back to that as, as a business of we're here to uplift, serve our clients. So anything in any, any, um, thing that we make any, uh, structure change that we do within the business has to go to that end. Um, and I've had our, our employees say, Hey, Chris, I was thinking we could X, Y, Z. And I'm like, all right, well, let's talk about it. Let's acknowledge it. Why do you think that? Why would it be better? Mm. Um, and if I say, you know, I hear that I like that. So I acknowledge it. My only concern is ABC. Can you tell me like what that might be? Why you want to do that? And sometimes they're like, Oh yeah, you're right. That won't work. (laughs) Um, and sometimes it's like, but well, Chris, because you tend to not finish a project. And so we think we need to strap you to the table for <laughs> three hours a day. And, and so we have your attention. Like that yeah. needs to happen. Yeah. Squirrel. Uh, you know, squirrel, <laughs> right? So, so truly, you know, and, and then, and then we kind of come to an agreement and sometimes I'm like, you know, let's, let's try it for two weeks. Let's just try it on the next client. Let's yeah. try that. And if it doesn't work, then let's sit down and let's refine it. And then if it's like, nah, that was garbage. I think everybody just needs a voice and, and have a just normal conversation. Yeah. Mm. Set ego aside, give everybody a sense of significance and the opportunity to have Absolutely. a voice. Yeah. Wow. They That's need to good. be seen. So just yeah. as much as we see and value our clients, we need to see and value our employees and our mm. spouse and our kids and everybody mm-hmm. in our life. Yeah. And that's genuine. So, yeah. I feel you on that. Oh, that's so such it's good stuff. I'm, I'm excited. Like I'm literally getting goosebumps. This is really good. So, so talk to me another quick question and we're totally shifting gears favorite book or a couple of books, if you want, that have made a super big impact in your lives, maybe in the last couple of years that you guys can speak to? 
So we are, are anybody out there that has kids, um, download, um, the overdrive app because you can get free books from your library. But our kids have read, our kids have read or listened to about 300 books each. Um, Every yeah. night, every, every night. night they go to bed and they listen to their audiobooks constantly. So, oh, I love that. Um, for for whatever. So, and then I have mine. Um, so you're a badass at making money. Never split the difference. Um, real artists don't starve. That's a really good yeah. one. Yeah. Um, and then the the one I tell everybody to buy um, is Story Brand. It's still hands down one of my favorite books of all times. Profit First is another great one. Okay. Um, the, and then I've read a lot with the art of closing, actually sales books. Um, but hands down, it's the uh, the story brand book. It just really helped change my view on branding and, and marketing. It's so mine are just mine are real estate, so <laughs> or or modifying vans. <laughs> well, I yeah. won't say. Okay, could yeah. be. <laughs> okay. Well, no more. That's right. This is the last project. We're not going to go there. Yeah, anymore. last okay. project. No more. So it's real estate, okay. is that something you're dabbling in as well, D, or that you've been doing actively for a while? No, I haven't dabbled in it. Um, so Christina's parents used to do homes and flip and rent and stuff like that. So he kind of got me into it a little bit. So I've been just kind of doing my research. I think the long road mm. and just kind of looking like, you know. Here's the deal. We're getting old. Yeah. So we're getting <laughs> old and we can't do this forever. So we have to do pivoting. So yeah, sure. we'll talk about that. Yeah. I mean, that's in one of the, you know, that's another. My favorite here, game right? is to guess how old D is, yeah. but yeah, we're getting old. When I shave. So yeah. I, I can't, <laughs> I can't chase everybody for much longer. So I gotta, no, I get it. To, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, you mentioned that you, you mentioned your age earlier in the conversation and, and it made me curious again, there's so many different topics we could explore here, but just how you stay relevant too. Cause I don't look at you guys and think, Oh, you're super old, but then I'm, I'm 41. So my perspective I know is a bit skewed. I, I it, it's, it's tough to think about being photographers at this stage in our life and then making sure that we stay relevant, like how to do it. And I, I think 110% can be done. It's just a little bit of a different challenge than somebody who's, you know, 25 and just getting started. It's so, yeah. it's so true though. So I'm 41 as well. And he'll, he'll be, 48 next month. She forgets. Um, In all seriousness, is, I, I, would, I wouldn't guess that, D, so props to you. Yeah, yeah. You know the whites are coming in. Well, I so. apparently not. Hey, I got grays too, so. <laughs> You're welcome. Stop drinking. Um, so uh, he's never tasted it, so that's, that's probably the youth right there. But, but truly, um, staying relevant, I mean, it's part of the reason I wear my hair a certain way. It's part of the reason we drive what we drive and we do what we do is we are trying to stay relevant, but also authentic. My grandmother's 93, and she is the coolest woman I've ever met. She'll outshot me at Macy's. She can out drink me under the table all day. And she's like, it. Chrissy, let's talk about our outfits. And what that taught me is age is nothing but a number. It mm. has to do with the soul, caring about people, yeah. and, and, and just listening and, and really being interested in other people. And that's, I think, will yeah. help with the longevity of any business. <laughs> that's yeah again yet another topic but that's that's so true I, my grandfather yeah. my dad's dad's gonna turn 100 in october and oh, wow. I, I think you, you talk about soul and i think that plays a role mine to the mental state uh, is a lot of what enables it i remember he was almost 80 years old and we took him out water skiing and he like he was out in the water with skis he was so he's yeah. physically he was strong but i think there's a there's a mental component to it that plays a massive role too that the, the outlook yeah. really makes a difference in how young we feel yeah. i'm still 14 in my head so i, I think right. i'm going to be like 50 forever yeah. or something or <laughs> yeah. yeah it's good my grandpa um, went skydiving so yeah i'm yeah. with you on that it was like oh. 80, yeah. 80, 80, 80, yeah. oh that's brilliant that's brilliant yeah. i love that 
Yeah, so you mentioned building a story brand and, and a number of other books. We're going to link to those in the in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. For everybody who's listening in too, we do have a resource. If you could just go to bocabookshelf.com, we link to a whole collection of the most popular books that have been mentioned on the show. Building a story brand has definitely been at the top. It's certainly one of my favorite business books, partially because of the practicality of it. Um, and also just very simply because it's not like a lot of business books you read, it's like 80% fluff and then 20% actionable yeah. information. And yeah. it was the other way around. It was so practical, so helpful. Yeah. And I love that you talk about your, your kids listening to audiobooks at bedtime. Do you guys ever read to each other? No. Well, so I have a problem. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, I, that's why you married a speech therapist. Yeah. So she's a speech therapist. But so if I, if I listen to an audiobook too long, it'll just yeah. put me to sleep. Uh, so I have to be very, very careful of the books that I select, especially when we're driving. So especially when we're driving, we're going okay. on road trips and like put on the audiobook. I'm like, wow. this book is putting. But I listen to audiobooks yeah. almost all day, every day. Yeah. To the point where my kids are like, "Can you take the the things out?" No, I well, I remember like growing up, we used to listen to. Of course, it was tapes, so we listened to tapes back then yeah. of some show or whatever a kids show going going to bed. Um, so mm-hmm. I love that your kids are doing that too. Of course, just in a little different format. And then, but right. it's funny that you mentioned D falling asleep reading because I love reading. I, I read, read to my kids. I, I loved doing that. And then apparently I wasn't reading fast enough and they got bored. So that, that had to stop eventually. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. still am bummed about that. that. Like I would read to my kids now if they'd let me. Uh, and you know, they're <laughs> in high school and college. My, and then Jill and I, when we were dating long distance, I would read to her over the phone or over FaceTime. It was something we really oh. enjoyed together. And I still loved getting to do it every once in a while when I have the chance, but she also falls asleep pretty easily. So <laughs> if I start reading, I know like I have X amount of time before she falls asleep, which is kind of funny, yeah. but I um, need it, like 15 minutes and I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm done. You got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll make sure to link to all those books in the show notes. Everybody listening. If you're looking for something to read, building a story brand is a great, great place to start. I want to go ahead and jump on to kind of our the main topic at hand um, with yeah. the 20, 25 minutes or so that we have left. Um, and, and this is a, it's such a loaded topic, but I'm, I'm really excited that we're going here too, because um, in some form or fashion, small, big, or otherwise, we've all kind of faced adversity in our life at one point or another. And I think what one of the things that makes the biggest difference, and again, it could be something small on a, you know, an individual on a daily basis. It could be something over the span of a long time. It could be a massive thing that has just incredible long-term effects in our lives. But if we allow ourselves to kind of get stuck there, if we fixate on the thing and allow it to keep us from moving forward, then our ability to grow as individuals and ultimately in this case, in the context of business as business owners is limited even significantly. And so a conversation about how to move forward beyond adversity um, is poignant to anybody but it's certainly coming from you all, and I know that you've had just, uh, I don't even know how to categorize it really, but the experience that you've had in the last year, year and a half, I wonder just for the sake of context in the conversation, before we talk about practical application, can you give our listeners a little bit of an idea of some of the things that you've faced in the last 18 months or so? Whoa. Um, okay. You want me to go? Okay. So we live in California, in Northern California. So before even COVID hit, we were dealing with massive wildfires. Mm. Um, and over the last couple of years, we now have fire seasons here. So, um, that we thought was going to be the biggest issue we were going to ever face was these fires, um, where we had to run from flames and it was, I, I sent pretty, you the link to the show. To TLC's bride rooms yeah. and emergency rooms. I got so I got a chance to look episode. at it. That is wild. Yeah, was, yeah. We'll it put it wild. in the show notes for everybody listening in and watching as well. Yeah, yeah it was pretty insane. But we thought that that was going to be the biggest thing. Um, right. And 
And, you know, we went into 2020, it was what, January, February, I was putting together the bridal show bundle and, um, uh, the business was just blowing up and we had, we have our projected our biggest year ever. And I, w- I think we were almost spiraling. Um, I did a, a live about anxiety with post COVID, but, um, it was just insane. It was insane. Mm-hmm. And we were, I was like working 70 hours a day or 70 hours a week, although it felt like 70 hours a day. Wow. That would be and a tough day. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, are you sleeping? I wasn't sleeping. I was very. I was not. Where do you well. see your family, young lady? And we have like fifty to sixty weddings booked, and a couple, you know, hundreds of photo shoots, and just all kinds of stuff. And things were looking great for this the studio. And then when COVID hit in March, I don't know if you know, but California was the first to shut down. And hmm. I'll never forget sitting outside on our porch. And talking to a girlfriend of mine whose husband worked for the government, and she said, this is going to be 18 months. This is not this two-week thing that they're saying. And I said, there's no way. They can't shut the government down. They can't shut the world down for that long. Like, I don't understand. She Mm. said, no, this is huge. This is going to be 18 months. And I said, so that means, like, no weddings for 18 months? And she said, it's it's going to be pretty bad. Mm. And I thought, no. But I just remember my whole being. And I came inside and talked to you. And he immediately got online and got on EDI, EDIL or whatever. So whatever government programs were available, I jumped on. Jumped on yeah. emergency because California was the first to shut down. We were mm. kind of in a different section. Um, and he went into preservation mode. What do we do? Mm. You know, our, our entire with, with an assumption that this was going to be 18 months. So we went into this. Wow. Like eyes wide open. Wow. Like our entire, we might lose everything kind of a thing. Um, and we cycled quite a bit, and that was in March, April, and then we got money, and things were doing well, and then May hit, and um, in May, uh, we have a studio on J Street in Sacramento, which is the main drag, and I'll never forget on Facebook, and seeing a live, and watching stuff get burnt down, and glass breaking, and I said, that's down the street from our studio, and he said, just put that stuff away, put it away. And I said, oh my gosh, no, they're marked. Like they're, they're tearing the whole street up. What's going on? Hmm. And, um, the next morning we went and a lot of people came down and, uh, they had tried to set our studio on fire. Um, they had wrote the N word on our studio. And so we had explained that to our boys, which hmm. sucked. Hmm. Not, it's, it just, you would think that the world had changed a little bit, just, just a hint, you know, just like, sucked. and then when you. When you go down to your studio and you look at the video and someone's setting fire, you know, to it's it hard. And, and then you see words and stuff and you just, you know, it kind of kicks you back a little bit in the chest like you just got hit really, mm. really hard. Mm. And then you, how do you explain that to your kids and, and then your family and friends, you know, they they feel for you, but they don't know how to talk and, and, and kind of talk to you about it. So right. they kind of wait for you to open up about it. Well, yeah. you don't know, even know where we yeah. fall between it because the whole yeah. situation, we're also a black owned business, you know, and then, um, we had opinions about that whole situation too. And then as a white woman, um, raising black sons, uh, biracial sons, I had a lot of just like coming to God stuff of like, wait, is this world not safe for my kids? Is it, you know, mm-hmm. we have a straw. We, we, we love our law enforcement. A lot of our law enforcement are really good friends and, um, and we don't want our children. And I want to here. thank them too, you know, because yes. a lot of our clients are a lot of our clients are watch our studio. And FBI wow. and Army, and, oh and so my gosh. a lot of people, you know, put themselves in harm's way to protect, protect our, our studio. studio. Who yeah. said, please don't protect it? It's just brick and mortar. Don't worry about it. We, we're insured. It's fine. We just, got hit. Yeah, we had a board up five or six different times over a year. Yeah. So it wasn't just a one night thing. It was like a 
every single so so I'm we're having multiple conversations a week um, with moving weddings. So like what we moved thirty eight weddings or something. Oh goodness! And wow. In, in a matter of weeks, right? And so wow. people are asking for refunds and money, and then you realize you don't have any money coming in, and then you know how do you navigate that? And do we need to get an attorney? And just all this like, can they legally do that? Do we you know? the rug was pulled out under anybody that is in the event industry to an extent that I don't know. I don't think half the world understands what the event industry went through. I just Mm -hmm. don't, they'll never understand it. I think they were just worried about like restaurants and stuff like that and mom and pop shops, but the entertainment industry to me was hit hard. So hard because we couldn't stay open at all. Yeah, And there wasn't really enough resources for everybody in the entertainment industry. They weren't yeah. really worried about us. Not to mention, like, as creatives, yeah. we were very blessed because we do have a very strong business sense. So yeah. business-wise, we were fine. But I, I, I reached out to so many of my friends who didn't. And they're like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And as a creative, if you don't, if you didn't have the scaffolding around your business yeah. to deal with um, what happened, um you lost everything. And mm-hmm. that was so devastating to so many people. Then dealing with um, what we dealt with, with um, the, the riots as a small business owner that got hit was hard. And then also being a black run business, black owned business, um, you know, a lot of just hard talks. So it was a yeah. lot of, it was a lot of safety and concern because you didn't yeah. know what was going on. And, and so I want to make sure I was safe. She was safe. The kids were safe. And there all of our friends and family were safe because no it one, scary. it was scary, but no one really knows how scary it was for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was scary. Just like just the national guards were by our house. Yeah. Like we were told that our, our, like the mall was going to get burned down and they were going to attack our houses. Like at some point, like, so, you know, people ask, how did you get beyond that? Or what did you do? Um, I mean, in all truth, we spiraled like yeah. emotionally. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I, oh, I, 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 I okay. I've been public about it, but yeah. I was very suicidal at one mm-hmm. point. Um, to the point where I was like, well, if I was gone, then we have, I'm worth more dead than alive. Like I had that thought of life insurance and, um, and I think creatives need to be more open about like how we're really feeling because a lot of creatives deal with depression and anxiety and, um, and addiction and, and things like that. And, and last year, like it tested a lot of people in a lot of ways. Hmm. No, not to mention how people reacted on social media. And yeah. watching people that you love maybe disagree with you, whether it was within the election or it was it within whatever they, they believed, wherever they fell down, watching people be so hurtful and angry and mean um, while you're also trying to figure out your business and then your clients are calling you crying because their wedding has to get moved again. Yeah. I think as a business owner and as an, I'm, I'm very empath, like very empathetic, mm-hmm. I just felt tapped and drained. And then mm-hmm. you have to stay in your house. It was just and then your kids are here and you're trying to keep them up with yeah. school it was it was, it was hard weird. it was a weird i mean you you felt it i'm sure there but it was just really strange it was like the people that you thought were your friends and then their beliefs changed and then it, mm. you thought it was kind of parallel but then it just shifted straight out the mm. door and you're like what just happened did sure. you always feel this way but yeah. i mean it was it was eye opening in a sense and it was hurtful. It, it was hurtful just to kind of see some of the people you knew and know and, yeah. and stuff like that. And I just I'm sure like, everybody felt that way. It's just well, in a situation like strange. that, you're like everybody was biting. We all, we're, all we, just we're desperate to be able yeah. to trust something, right? Just a bucket. Yeah. You have yeah. you have instability, so you need some sense of stability. We find that through relationships, trust, and and those that are closest to us, and then 
if something changes that kind of be- betrays that that experience, that could be even more disconcerting on top of everything else that's going on. I, I'm curious, yeah. though, because you, you mentioned conversations with, with your kids, and I find it fascinating how at the end of the day, conversations with kids and many times can kind of bring things back to base level because their perspective mm-hmm. is, in some ways anyway, innocent, you know? Um, right. Were there any particular conversations that were especially compelling that were even eye-opening for, for the two of you during that time? I, I think we really tried to shelter the kids because we yes. were spiraling so badly. Like mm. I'm now on Prozac. I finally got some mental health stuff because I was it just wasn't healthy mm. um, and doing fabulous now. Um, hashtag Prozac. No, I'm uh, so, <laughs> but truthfully, it didn't help me. Uh, but in regards to the kids, and I think we really protected them. Um, we really protected them and a lot, but I would say some of the conversations, they, they didn't understand why people wanted to burn our studio down. They didn't understand yeah. why they would write the N word. Um, they didn't understand yeah. the hate. Like, why are people so mad? Why are they yeah. still writing? Why are they, yeah. you know, and we had really good conversations of, you know, there some people, there's a difference between protests and writing. There's a difference like, and protesting is okay. And I, we will march for, you know, mothers of children of color and like, there are certain things that are good, but like, let's not destroy businesses. So they, they were like, I just don't understand why they would try to destroy her business. I don't understand. Or I don't understand, um, uh, why people think that way or why people don't like the police or why people don't like black people or why they don't. And we're like, well, you know, and, and kind of coming back and really just being a, um, or even like, well, like the whole biracial thing, which we don't really address even too much with our kids. They just, we're a family. We're a family. We, we don't really mm-hmm. define much. Um, they don't see themselves as one or the other. They're just, that's my mom and that's my dad and that's us. Like, you know. Because the, the truth about it is you can't say my kids are black or you can't say my kids are white. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is you define them. They define them and then you separate them from their parents. So if someone mm-hmm. says, oh, you have black kids. Like, no, they're biracial. They're two parts and then whatever our lineage is, but don't separate saying that, you know, my wife isn't relevant or I'm not relevant. So we both are parenting two different cultures for these kids so they can understand what life should be like and not somebody who's hateful explains it to you what it should be. So we just want our kids to understand what we are, what, how we love each other and Mm. why we love them. And then Mm. we would pray that the world would, you know, open up a little bit more and understand like, it's a big melting pot. Every everything's changing, and just roll with it and don't be against it. Because we did have to have the talk yeah. of the world sees you guys as black, right? And we and I and I had to point that out to yeah. them. And it's a and hard conversation, that. and that's, and that's not bad. But it's also yeah. not bad. Sure. That that's not that shouldn't be considered a bad thing. But that there does come sometimes challenges in different parts of the world, and we, they've been very protected, mm. and they haven't experienced any racism at all. But knowing that you've lived in a bubble, and that the whole world isn't like that, and the right. whole world won't see you as as that, and so that those were the hard conversations because we have tried to protect their kind of innocence, their innocence that there right. is yeah. that there is hate out there, and so they had to for the first time really witness hate, and they, you know that was that was. As a parent, it's it's hardening to when you have to explain that sort of stuff of like why one group hates another group and one group hates right. many groups and 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 you know and that conversation leads to another conversation that conversation mm-hmm. goes to another conversation so you try mm-hmm. to explain it to them as best as possible because their little minds are trying to wrap wrap around this whole concept of what a, what a race is and mm-hmm. why yeah. people yeah so yeah. 
it's you know it's going to be ongoing it's going to be throughout their lives and we're there to kill you know to guide them as parents and to do the best that we can and you know and hopefully and they want to be military both of them want to be law enforcement military too so they have a huge you know and so then to hear what they heard and learn what they learned and then we watched the trial and and all these different things they were Mm. like but i don't understand and i like not there's there's not people are human you know Mm. and and they're flawed and um despite the uniform that they might wear, the, the person you need to just understand. And D yeah. has a protocol. I didn't know until I, I don't even think he recognizes what he does a lot of times right. with being safe and, and learning. Wow. And we've had people say, have you taught the boys how they're supposed to react and what mm. they're supposed to do with their pulled out? You know, having those kind of conversations, that was like really hard yeah, in the midst of everything right. else that was Like you shouldn't on. even have to have that conversation. But, but yeah. I mean, it is what it is. And, yeah. you know, my dad is a retired police officer in St. Louis, Missouri. And so it's like, you know, I, I dealt with it and, and I understand, you know, both sides of it, of course. Um, but when you, when someone has to make me tell my kids something to it, that they weren't prepared for, that's what irks me. So I don't yeah. want, you know, somebody else's bigotry going to my kids and then now mm-hmm. I have to explain to mm-hmm. them. So that's what irks me is that I have to be forced in a situation yeah. to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be forced into that situation. And we felt very like, yeah. like it wasn't, and I think that's just life. It wasn't on our terms that right. we wanted to explain certain things to our kids. Um, it was kind of forced upon us, but you know what? That's also life. And it gave us the opportunity right. to have very honest conversations and you, but you're right, Nathan, they did very often. They said some things, but, but I don't understand why people, but like we're all Americans and we're mm. all this. And I don't understand why that would be an issue. And I'm like, wow. It is. Yeah. Like that. Well, I, I mean, first of all, you all's energy, and we talked about this earlier, not only the energy between you and your relationship, but just the energy that you carry in general, uh, the, the brief opportunities that I've had to interact with you in person. And then of course, even in today's conversation, like it's just, I, I want to hang out with you guys like that. That's just, that's the, that's the vibe that you create. Everybody's but it's, welcome. it's a party over here. Uh, but, but I'm dead serious though. And, and that's, I, I think it makes sense that, I mean, you have a business sense that maybe is a bit unusual amongst photographers too. You know, that the type A personality I'm sure plays a role in that, but you've, you've learned along the way and you've applied these principles and you've got a strong business that enables you to be here. The energy has carried, but I know for, for people listening in or watching, they hear the, the circumstances that you're describing and some may be able to relate to them in certain ways. Others may have dealt with other super difficult circumstances, Absolutely. but a lot of times the question is, what do I do now? And, and I mean, I've, yeah. I've been in those circumstances asking that question in certain times of my life as well, whether in a super serious situation or maybe one that really wasn't that big of a deal, but I'm still like, uh, how do I move beyond this? Right. You just kind of get, you get yeah. stuck there. Are there a couple of ideas that you all can share that maybe that you've learned through this process that have enabled you to move forward that have enabled you to, despite the, the reality of the situation, you know, we don't have to stick our head in the sand, but be able to continue to step forward to move forward personally and professionally. You know, I, I just pulled it up really quick. Cause I, I put a quote on my Facebook today that I think speaks to exactly what you're saying. And it's, um, it was by, a she goes by Nightbirds um, on America's Got Talent. She has cancer. And she said to Simon Cowell, you can't wait until life isn't hard anymore to be happy. Mm. And I'll repeat that. You can't wait until life isn't hard anymore to be happy. And I think I heard it today and I thought, oh, that's it. That's mm. 2020 wrapped in a bubble. So we were given a sense, uh, we were given a lot of things where the I think the rug was pulled and pulled and we were tested and tested and tested. And I kind of sat in the middle of it and I said, 
first of all, people have it worse than us right now. We have a roof over our head. We're happy. We have kids. We're healthy. Things are fine. So acknowledge the blessings that we have right now. And if we can choose to be happy in the midst of these circumstances, imagine when life is really good and easy. Um, And there's always, always going to be something that's going to be thrown your way. Always. And it could be a lot worse than 2020 was. Mm. And I think choosing to find opportunity, choosing to find grace. There's a big word that we've learned. Um, Forgiveness, love, compassion, empathy, while you're spiraling. If you want to talk about um, getting stronger in the midst of of terrible circumstances and you want to work on it, 2020, 2021 is going to be the year to work on it. It's going to let me find three three ways I can grow as a person that it's going to be kind of hard for me to be happy right now because I'm feeling like I'm spiraling, but I'm going to choose to laugh and smile and I'm going to help someone else because ultimately it that's where happiness lies. Yeah, make your heart happy. Yeah. And then your clients will see it. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so I, let me kind of break that down just a little bit. So first of all, you talk about the significance of choice and and you know, despite the situation to make the best of it. I, I literally have on my, the inside of my wrist here, the, the Japanese characters for the word sentaku, which is the word choice. And I realize the significance of this idea. And yet I'm still also learning how to enact it in my day-to-day life, right? The, taking responsibility for the, not only the, the, I don't know if I would call it a right, but certainly the opportunity that I have to make a choice for myself. We were lucky enough to your point, Christina, to live in a world where at least most of the time we have the opportunity to make choices for ourselves, even in difficult circumstances, how to frame that internally and then how to act despite it. That it's, it's easier said than done though. I mean, what from your experience and maybe I'll go to you on D to to you D on this too. What is from your experience, are there particular ideas that have enabled you to do that more effectively over time? Does it just come with experience? What does that look like? That's a tough one. Um, that's been something I think you've struggled with. A yeah, bit. it's it's not. I'm not perfect in it, but I mean, I would say. I mean, I I know personally, you you and I've had to circle back with each other, and when you see me spiraling or just really low, and just I can't. We've we've kind of ebbed and flowed to one another. Where I'm like, you know, Dad needs a break. Dad needs this. He yeah. needs he needs some grace right now. We need to just back off and give him some space. Um, or, you know, Chris, how can I serve you? What can I do for you today, honey? You know, um, or I did this as a love gift just to help kind of fill your love bucket. I always talk about the love buckets. Um, love bucket. I, I personally, <laughs> I personally had to use it as a challenge of like, wow, today mm. I'm really struggling right now. So mm. I'm going to intentionally look for three people that I can impact. And, and it was like exercise, like going out for a walk to get in shape or going out to the gym. I'm going to be intentional in everything that I do. And maybe just keeping in contact with your friends. And yeah. Well, reaching out. Yeah. Reaching, yeah, reaching out to people out. through 2020, that had to be an intentional act because before mm-hmm. it was just kind of given to us. Um, so, yeah. It's keeping those relationships. Mm-hmm. Well, the significance of choice and actually leveraging that, taking advantage of that. But then, and now you've said it multiple times over, the importance Secondly, of looking for opportunities to give to others, to reach out to others. Right. I know I've found that even in recent months where if, if I'm fixated on some issue that I have, uh, the moment that I start 
looking for a way. And again, it can be on a super simple level, but to do something for somebody else, it's amazing yeah. how this mental, the significant mental shift happens internally, which is now in a sense, distracting me from whatever it is that I was fixated yeah. on and frees me up. I mean, literally the emotional freedom that I feel in some cases, almost immediately from that yeah. experience is significant. It's huge. Yeah. Now that's easier said again, said than done many times. And it's easy for me to talk about that in the context of something that really isn't that big of a deal. The circumstances that you all have had to deal with, how, despite knowing that your studio has been damaged, um, despite what you're having to deal with, especially the conversations internally as a family and a biracial family, how do you choose to serve others or to give to others despite those difficulties? Cause you get a high off it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's what, I think what humans are programmed to do yeah. in a sense uh, is just, well, sometimes. well, <laughs> I'm <gonna> say, <laughs> you know, I mean, cause my grandmother, mm. you know, rest her soul. She, she, was fabulous. she didn't care what you were. She, you know, she loved you regardless. And she always had her Bible and she would always go to church and she was just a joy of light. I mean, and she had a hard upbringing and she had a very hard upbringing, but her light just always shines. So when I, mm. I always think of her and it always makes me smile. So every time I see her, you know, in my mind and, and I just, you know, I get happy and, you know, it's like, what would like my that. grandmother want yeah. me to do? Wow. You know, I would agree. and, and it, it's always stuck with me. And I, and I try to, you know, like the five love languages and, and I try to do what I can to some people who are like hurting or not doing anything. And I do, I do things for people every, you know, all the time. And I, it, it's a blessing to do it because I can't take it with me when I die. So I just, I just want to share some of the joys and the things that make me happy with other people. That's, that's basically it. I think, I think also, also like it, it gets you out of your own egotistical self. Like they say, you know, misery loves company. So if, if you're constantly looking for other people that are miserable, you're just spiraling in a misery kind of funnel. Um, the only way what they say, like an object in motion stays in motion an object at rest stays at rest. Right. Mm -hmm. So if I'm in the motion in the wrong direction, sometimes I have to like reverse that motion to get back to a stasis so that I can reverse in another direction. And so Mm -hmm. if, if I can look at, um, a way to be positive. Like you say, like Medea's yeah. gone now, but when you think of Medea, you think of her smile and her caring heart. If I were gone tomorrow and people were to say, how was Christina during 2020? Well, she was rude and she put this and she was snarky, which I can be real quick. Um, or was she intentional? Was she caring? Was she mm. forgiving? Was she inspiring? So trying to say, what kind of a legacy do I want to live in? What kind of impact is yeah. going mm. to give you a high to, to mm. get out of that depressive state? Ding. Yeah. correct that is correct this is really good guys i it's been i mean selfishly you know this is this is for a pretty large audience we're going out to um i I don't i didn't mention this to you guys we've had it coming up on on two million downloads i think something like wow 1.75 but okay a a lot of crashed it would you get like one download because of us (laughs) (laughs) no i mean over time this has made such a big impact so again i have to thank you guys but i have to thank you again today because what i was going to say is selfishly it's just been wonderful to to connect with you all i mean genuinely i've I've enjoyed connecting in the past and and it's beyond me at this point why i haven't more been more proactive in reaching out speaking of reaching out um, but i'm so glad that we got to connect today but your 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 attitude not only the the energy and the attitude toward each other but ultimately to toward the world at large despite what you've faced is is definitely encouraging and the reminders are super strong and i i really appreciate you being willing to share with 
all of our listeners today and come back on the show too. I mean, this is really, yeah. I was, I was literally getting emotional before we started recording today, before, before we even all signed on. And I, I think it was a combination of things, but thinking about the fact that like we're, we're here 500 episodes later, um, and really, truly the impact that it's made again, I have to, to thank you all for helping start that because the photographers that have reached out and, and said, this show like it's literally transformed my business oh, or great. it's made this impact yeah. in my life or you know this thing that you talked about or you spoke into my life it's it's made this impact it's been super powerful and and again you guys were you helped start that so i i can't thank you enough for that i thank you thank for you. making time for all of us again today too Absolutely. and to that end i would just love for you maybe um to share a little bit before we go here, um, you mentioned earlier that you started a second business, and I'm going to actually pop this up on screen. It's called The Abundant Photographer. And in fact, we'll, we'll also jump to the website here, The Abundant Photographer. Tell us a little bit about this business model, this thing that you've started, yeah. because you know you, you didn't have too much to do already. Yeah. Um, so my background, like I had mentioned, I'm a, I used to be a a medical speech and language pathologist. And I loved being a therapist and, Mm. um, incorporating that, uh, within, um, photography and the wedding industry and realizing that there was a lack of structure, (laughs) um, a lack of what workflows look like, a lack of, um, just kind of photographers needing somebody to kind of hold their hand and walk them through the process, um, was missing. And I love doing that. And so we launched the Abundant Photographer about two years ago, and it went huge. And then, and all for all intents and purposes, the last year with um, also running a studio, um, we kind of backed off just a little bit because we had to take care of our couples and our brides and moving weddings and still shooting. And we did get COVID and all that good stuff mm. um, through the whole process. So um, we are excited that we're going to be relaunching here um, in the next probably month or so. Um, with coaching again and a lot of just different pros, prog, excuse me, um, programs to okay. help people nail bridal shows, um, very much step by step. So as much as I love the story brand, like you mentioned, it was so meaty. I was like, I am the kind of person that likes to download something and say, okay, tell me to do one, two, three. I need a workbook. I need to write it in there so I can get from A to B to C yeah. to D versus abstract con- concepts. Sure. Um, so I think honestly, that. I think yeah. a lot of photographers are in that boat, and and I honestly, yeah. I love the specificity of this brand too. And I've got it pulled up on uh, on or pulled up the website actually here. For those of you who are listening to the audio, make sure that you go to theabundantphotographer.com and you can see this. But on kind of toward the top of the homepage, it says helping you to create an abundance in marketing time and money. That's pretty specific, and it covers the, a number of important bases in the process of running a business that's super powerful and then kind of scrolling down a little bit further optimize your business goals and objectives and business roadmaps built exactly to your needs i mean you you talked about that the significance of workflows too and how that just isn't a natural really isn't a natural tendency for most photographers Um, the reality is that we all have a workflow it may not be great we have one and the question is can it be made more efficient right and, right. um, and that's a, yeah. Yeah. no, and, plugging, to do. and yeah. plugging up those holes yeah. and, and, and finding, um, within the workflow where you're lacking and where you can sneak in marketing things. And I, mm. I think also making marketing, not this big ambiguous, um, hill, you know, and everybody thinks marketing is putting a pretty picture on Facebook or Instagram and then hoping people will book, um, that it needs to be incredibly intentional 
and it yeah. needs to be systematic and you need to understand the end goal. But mm. that's so abstract for people if they don't have that scaffolding and they don't understand the verbiage and what that looks like. Yeah. But it can be so easy mm. if you do. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm excited about. We building. just want people to be successful because yes. it, I mean, it can be done. It can be done. And everyone, you know, they contact us, say, hey, can I be a second shooter? How do I learn? And it's not just going on and being a second shooter for a studio. It's actually learning the business. business. Yeah. If you don't know the business, then you're potentially going to fail. Ninety percent business, ten percent photography. Um, yeah, and if correct. you if you want to learn how to do hundred thousand plus, um, you you need to learn the business as uncomfortable as it is, and then hire yeah. it out, yeah. and then hire somebody who's better at you, so you can be the artist, and then they do that. Because yeah. we get those comments all the time, you know, when someone's like, "So you're a wedding photographer, and you do." weddings yeah no. how do you make or money? how are you making money how are you making yeah money? and they just and they don't understand, they don't understand you can business. make mm. three four five hundred thousand dollars a year and there are lots of photographers doing it mm-hmm. and how do you do that and and then understanding that when you hit a certain number you need to know how to scale and you can implode after a certain amount if you're trying to do everything and that's where you need to have like photographers edit or you should not be sitting there editing because that's not making you money. money so yeah. learning what's where are you strongest and where do you totally suck? And where you totally suck, you need to fire yourself quickly yeah. and hire somebody else to do it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Just, and that's what Plug, we teach. And we, we plugging teach, up those holes. So we do one to ones if you need one to ones. And we have like I said, we're we're outlining everything and we've actually teamed up um, with another company also. So we so once we're done here with this portion of it where we take you here and then you go to our next vendor then they take you here so i mean it's it's all laid out that's that's so good Um, and we need to talk about this offline but i I would love to figure out how we could support you guys in that because i think um it it's genuinely needed and it's funny because it's not a sexy topic especially when it as it relates to workflow it's i think people or photographers tend to shy away from it they're going to they're going to turn on the, the information which is how to do six figures but then what they don't realize in many cases is part of what enables that six figures is a, a shift in mentality about how the business is run to begin with. And that's, that's really big. And I alluded to the conversation about my business partner earlier today. And one of the things he talked about, and again, it's a bit ironic that he's talking to me, the CEO of a, an, an editing company. It's all about delegating. Uh, but it was, it was such a great conversation. He said, you know, the, the thing is, for, for most people, you can, you can replace what that person does, probably 70 to 80% of what that person does. In some cases, maybe more. And there's this kind of 10, 15, 20% or so that can't be replaced. And that's the the kind of the unique part of you. But what you need to do is to find the people that can replace you. And he said, what I did, and and he's got, I don't know, I even know how many businesses that that he's involved in. He's he's super, super successful business person, um, not just in the photography space. But he said, you know, what I, I did is I found two people to replace me, two people that could do roughly 95% of what I do. And so it was, it was a great pet talk coming from my business partner. And again, a bit ironic, but such a good reminder. And I think to that end, it's super important that our listeners keep in mind the significance of scale and the process of scale. And for those of you listening in who maybe that just doesn't, it, it doesn't click. You're like, what does that actually mean? I don't know how it relates to my business as sole proprietor. Dee and Chris are the ones you're going to want to reach out to. And, and I've popped this up on screen, but for those of you listening to the audio, it's the Abundant Photographer dot com and uh we'll make sure to link to that in the show notes and then i didn't mention this earlier i don't know why but uh, your instagram account of course d and chris and i'll pop this up really quick on screen as well and for those of you listening in d d e e and chris k r i s on instagram we'll link to that in the show notes just stunning stunning work i know photography is only a small percentage of it but 
you guys have beautiful work too. So props for that. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, this has been it genuinely has been super fun. It's a bit selfish of me because I'm just like I'm just kind of soaking it it's all a lot in. Of fun. But I, I really appreciate you guys making time today. We'll link to all of the resources, the talking points in the show notes at bookapodcast.com. Um, shout out to you guys. Thank you so much for making time for all of us. See ya. <laughs> Thank you. Bye guys. <laughs>